There we go. Thank you, Sam. Brilliant. Um, I'm going to start off with something that's not actually on my notes. So Sam will be like, oh, I printed that out for you. <laughs> what are you going to say? Um, I just want to commend um, Sam uh, to you, church. Um, months ago, when we got the email about uh, the subjects to, to give, um, I was just really... Um, wanting to do this subject, really wanting to talk about the everyday walking and building a community of the Spirit. And I had all these ideas um, and these verses to use, and I said, Sam, this is what I've got so far, um, what, what do you think? And he came out and saw me, um, and he is just so passionate in building people up within the church. So, so passionate. Um, he helped me so much last night, um, try not to cry. Um, he is just so for building up people of this church and I just want to publicly commend him um, on, on the, uh, the audio stream as it were. So, um, thank you so much. Um, it's great to be with you this morning as we continue um, this series that I just said. Um, is that what you want to be this morning? You know, we're talking of building a community, uh, of being in the spirit. Do you want to be the labourers on this build? Do you individually want to be uh, the people that are on this build of making FCC a community uh, of people within the spirit? How exciting. It's far better than Grand Designs. Um, or Building the Dream, I love that programme, uh, 60 Minute Makeover. It's even better than the lovely house that Paul mentioned in his preach the other week with all those lovely bespoke rooms. For those of you that heard it, I encourage you if you haven't, it's really, really good. Um, I'm going to continue the theme that Sam started last week about childhood stories. I say childhood, I don't think I was a child, but I'll kick it off anyway. Um, no frying pans. Um, but during my preparation for this talk, I was reminded when I was slightly, slightly younger, when I lived at my parents' house over in Stonewich Way, um, I used to run to Harty Ferry quite often, for those of you that know where it is. So it's about a two, three mile kind of jog. Um, I was a bit fitter, fitter back then. Fitter, fat, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit fatter now. Sorry, a bit fitter back then. Um, and I used to run there. I used to run there quite a lot. Uh, I'd go with my water bottle... And the one day that I forgot my water bottle, it was baking. It was so, so hot. Uh, I got halfway, for those of you that know the route, it's quite straight. The roads are really kind of strange and every corner was just a chore. Um, and I finally got there. I'd kind of stumbled past the car park, um, just exhausted, <laughs> just really, really tired. Um, but as I reached the destination, I remembered that at Harty Ferry, there is a natural spring, for those of you that, that don't know. Um, it was amazing. <laughs> I was literally exhausted. I went there, I put my hands in, I cupped my hands, and it made a cup. I drank, I drank, I drank. I splashed my face because I was just so hot. I just, yeah, just, I just wanted to be refreshed. It was incredible. It was perfect timing. At that moment, I kind of got there. I was exhausted. I went from feeling weak and tired to just being refreshed. 
Um, I remember times, actually, when I've encountered the Spirit in meetings, um, whether it be here or kind of the churches that I've been in uh, during my life at uni and, and stuff like that. And just kind of having that experience like I did uh, with the natural spring, actually just kind of lapping it up, actually just loving his presence and just saying, it's so good, it's so good. Do, do you want more of that in your everyday lives? Do you want more of that in our church meetings? To come in, to worship, to listen to the word and just lap it up. You know, as if it's that natural spring that when you're in times of worship and you know um, that you are just wanting to be in his presence, that you are just so into it, that you just want to immerse yourselves in the Holy Spirit. If you could turn with me uh, to Galatians 5, 16 to 25. Some of you are already thinking, hang a minute, hang on a moment, we've we've kind of been here before. Um, Sam touched upon it last week in terms of talking on the fruits. Uh, But I want to draw some different things from it in my talk this morning. Might be on the screen. Thank you very much, Ellie. Um, So it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you, I warned you, sorry, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So this morning uh, will be made up of four points. Um, They're going to be going on being led, number one. Going on being filled, number two. Going on being dependent and the challenging yet exciting step to go. They come from a heart of wanting more and more of the Spirit, both in my everyday but also a heart for wanting to see it in your everyday as well. So, go on being led is my first point. So having been through that passage from Galatians, um, I feel that there are three key and similar ways in which Paul uh, describes how to relate to the Holy Spirit. One of them them alone is a challenging call, uh, but the three of them together paint an amazing fuller picture Um, of what it means to truly walk in the Spirit. Number one, it says right at the beginning uh, to walk by the Spirit. The term walk means that there's surely a direction. Um, Yes, you can walk on the spot. I remember that from gym club all those years ago, kind of like a march. But in this kind of uh, context, I believe that it's actually a direction. When it says by the Spirit, What an amazing thing to know 
that the Spirit empowers. The Spirit empowers us to be empowered when making choices and decisions, however big or however small. Making those choices and decisions in accordance to, which is in a manner conforming to, the Holy Spirit's guidance. You end up living with the power, the power he supplies. Number two, uh, Paul mentions to be led by the Spirit. So it implies that there is an active personal involvement by the Holy Spirit in guiding us. Um, I'm going to mention my job. (laughs) Uh, As a team leader, uh, I love leading young people. So not just through the program I deliver, but also mentoring them and helping them through things. That can only happen through relationship with them. They They will only kind of sort my advice if I'm kind of in relationship with them. Likewise, the involvement from the Holy Spirit is ongoing. It's built out of a personal relationship with Him. For the continuous leading of the Spirit to happen, it implies that there needs to be a regular pattern, a regular kind of communication with with Him. And number three, uh, the term with regards to keep in step with the Spirit is referred in one study Bible as to walk in line behind a leader. And when I read that, it kind of reminded me of the well-known poem Footsteps. And I'd like to read it to you. I hope you kind of see where I'm going with it. It says, One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and I will never leave you, never ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. So although it mentions in that uh, poem, uh, him carrying them, not so much the keeping in step with, it came to me in terms of the picture of footsteps. So I feel that the poem may, in fact, resonate with some people here this morning um, and would love to pray with you at the end if that's the case. So to keep in step with the Spirit, walking in behind the leader, you get the impression that you've got to kind of stay in line, like a smooth line, unwavering in straightness, keeping in step, knowing that actually the leader is someone that you can trust. These three things all come down and are all about an ongoing dependence. There is a great need for the Spirit in this church, in our town, our county, and our country. Amen? Amen. Amen. What do these three things do? Why is it important to do those things? In a world where a greater pull towards independence, um, why, 
Why is it so, so important to be dependent on the Spirit in our everyday walk? In verse 16 it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So to gratify is to indulge, it's to take satisfaction in, it's to take pleasure from. What things? Verse 19, 21 says sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, which is like an active hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, which is kind of like a disagreement that leads to discord, as I, as I read up. Divisions, envy, drunkenness and orgies. Walking by the Spirit keeps us from gratifying these things. Walking by the Spirit cultivates the fruits of the Spirit. What kind of picture do you get when you kind of think of the word cultivate? Do you kind of think of like a plough through a field? Actually just cultivating the fact that We need those fruits of the Spirit. Being continuously dependent on the Spirit will help in the ongoing cultivation. My second point is go on being filled. What are the effects of being dehydrated, he says, without a glass of water by his stand. Um, We are called many times in Scripture to go on being filled with the Spirit. But what is it like to be dehydrated, both physically and spiritually? Yes, please. Thank you. For the tape, I just did an amazing catch of a bottle of water. (laughs) Thank you. So what is it like to be dehydrated, both physically and spiritually? I never thought I'd use NHS choices uh, for a preach preparation, but here we go. The symptoms for dehydration are dizziness, lightheadedness, headaches, tiredness, and definitely (laughs) dry mouth lips. Well, dry mouth lips and eyes, it says. So during my run on that hot day, I definitely had those symptoms. Even, the, even this week, uh, where I've been working in a really stuffy room, and I've just had so much to do, I've not been drinking enough, my mum would uh, hate me saying that, I've just felt really, really tired, um, even before baby, which isn't good. Uh, and I've pinned it down to not having enough water during the day. As we've already said, the term go on being filled means continuous. So the natural spring at Harty Ferry is a continuous supply of fresh water just keeps on coming it's incredible it's non-stop and it's pure water are we non-stop in our pursuit of walking in a spirit-filled life because the spring of the holy spirit is continuous never mind hearty fairy (laughs) never mind that natural spring the spring of the holy spirit is continuous now this isn't a condemning question this is more of a challenge and I do love to talk about a challenge it says in Ephesians 5:18, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit now unlike my time at the natural spring with my one time of drinking in and refreshing myself we need to be continuing to fill ourselves spiritually as well 
Had I remembered my water bottle, it would have been a regular source of water. Not only that, I could have then refilled it when I got there. So keeping up that regular pattern of hydration. Go on being filled. So we've already heard from the professionals that physical dehydration leads to sickness. There are visible effects of a lack of water. What are the signs of being spiritually dehydrated? If we are not going on being filled with the Spirit, it clearly states in Galatians that we too can fall into a state of spiritual sickness by succumbing to the desires of the flesh. What other things deny us from having a functional spiritual life? What things keep us from being filled? What things lead us in the opposite direction? What things lead us to burnout? Is it work? Is it Netflix? Is it apathy? Is it Facebook? Is it judging others? Is it relationships? Is it TV programs? Is it your phone? Is it unhelpful, unrealistic expectations? Is it anxiety? Is it laziness? The list could go on. I've recently um, had a lot of work done to my car. A lot of work. £800 worth, it wasn't nice. As I picked it up, the mechanic told me that they found something just as they were finishing up. Can you believe it? The car would work fine, but in his opinion, I should take it back sooner rather than later. So I hope I say this correctly for any mechanics or would-be mechanics out there. But there's a crack currently in the engine coolant reservoir. I'll say that again, the engine coolant reservoir. The, the coolant, I'll say it properly, uh, which obviously keeps the engine from overheating, is leaking. So apparently there's enough in it, but it will need to be replaced. It's not functioning properly, so action obviously needs to happen. Nods James, <laughs> very much so. If I was to carry on ignoring it, it will probably have negative potentially even serious consequences. There are, there are a lot of nods going on. Shame the garage isn't open today. Um, we'll be all right, Lizzie. We'll be all right. So you, see, oh dear. so you see, why would I want to carry on? Why? Why would I want to carry on with something that affects my engine from being continually cooled? Something that heats up needs to be cooled. The fact that there is a crack in it, the fact that it's not working the way it should, it's prone to consequences, it's prone to byproducts that aren't good, more nods. Do you find that helpful? An illustration to think about being filled with the Spirit, are you giving your spiritual life the attention that it needs? But Adam, you say go on. I've got so many meetings to attend, so many reports to fill out, so many things. By the time Sunday comes, I'm worn out. We can all too easily become spiritually tired and dry. But we're called to go on, continuously immerse yourself, be filled. My third point is going on being dependent. Will you turn with me to Romans 8? Verses 26 to 30. And it says this. 
So as you can see on the screens, uh, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings. With groanings too deep for words. Can you picture, visualize that, that when you are weak, the Spirit intercedes for you with groanings. Groanings, passionate. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those that love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, sorry, for those according to his purpose, getting carried away. Uh, For those who foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. We don't have to have it all sorted. I remember when I strained my ligaments uh, in my left ankle. Um, I got told to have crutches for six weeks. I looked a right state. But towards the end, uh, but towards the end, um, I had to begin to put my weight on it, just to kind of go back, you know, try and get back in um, into using it properly. So we can walk. We can put our dependence in the spirit even with a limp like I looked like after the crutches that was a very strange limp Um, we don't have to wait until everything is sorted we will we will go through difficulty but we can still serve and trust him to use us in our weakness we can is that reassuring good The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. But where do you aim your dependence? If you're feeling weak, where do you aim? Do you aim it in other things? Do you aim it in going to the pub? Do you aim it at just getting sucked into Netflix? Or or all those things that I mentioned before. Where do you aim your dependence when you are feeling weak? It clearly says when we're weak, we don't know what to pray, but... But the Spirit intercedes. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, um, this is so encouraging. It says, this is Paul speaking, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Many of us need to hear that this morning, that his grace is sufficient for you. That his power is made perfect in your weakness. So when we're walking through life day by day, when troubles come, we can hold firm to to that. I just want to scream it out, as that song says. How amazing that his power is made perfect in, in our weakness. That alone should turn our actions into line with the Holy Spirit. To become dependent upon the one whose power is made perfect in our weakness. Brings me on to my last point, and that is to go. To go. It's all very well uh, to, do a, to do a talk like this, and it can be a case of thank you very much, and teas and coffees are served outside. 
But I hope that this is different. I feel there needs to be a response. I'm not making a call for a ministry time. This is something that you can do in your hearts or physically in the days ahead. Ephesians 5, 15 to 21 um, says this. I'm taking you around lots of places this morning. It says, look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always. Always. What a challenge. And what for? For everything. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I hope you don't mind, um, but I'd like to read a bit of an excerpt from Wendy Mann's book uh, that we've mentioned a few times, Naturally Supernatural. I'll try and break it up a bit so you can follow me quite easily. She says this. Several years ago, I had the privilege of spending a week in Redding, California. I went to visit a church and had an amazing time encountering God and getting refreshed and re-envisioned. Sounds good, doesn't it? The main thing that struck me while I was there was the powerful corporate expectation, corporate expectation, that God was going to be good. When you walked into the church, walked in, don't know why I did that, um, it was clear that people did not just believe God was generally good, they actually expected him to be good to them. It had such a profound impact on me because I knew I was not living with the same expectation. The teaching I heard did not deny that bad and painful things happen and I was very aware of people really loving each other and standing with one another through difficult times. What was unique to me was the fact that even though difficult circumstances needed to be walked through, it did not seem to shake people's foundational belief in a good God and their expectation of his goodness. Unsurprisingly, the corporate expectation of good things from God resulted in exceptional fruit. Exceptional fruit. I'm sure you'll agree with me that life in the Western world sounds quite a term that a newspaper would use. Life in the Western world can rob us of joy. And it was great that Jill kind of brought that uh, scripture for, for James earlier. It can rob us of the true understanding that our God is good. Amen. It can rob us of having a faithful, consistent relationship with our Heavenly Father. There are far too many obstacles that are in the way of being led by, being filled by, and being dependent on Walking in the Spirit. Wendy Mann goes on to say, in order to live a naturally supernatural life, it is so important 
to have revelation in our hearts about the true, true nature of God. Do you believe that? Is that, is that true? I'll read that again. It is so important to have revelation in our hearts about the true nature of God. About who he is and what he is like. She goes on to say, this is different to knowing who God is in your head. It is important to really know in the depths of your being that the God you follow is first and foremost a God of love. It is important to know that he is good and cannot be anything but good. How can you go from here and live in the knowledge that he is good? How can you go from this place in these lovely walls and go from here in the knowledge that he is good? Putting your dependence in walking with the Spirit in order to repel gratifying the desires of the flesh as we heard about earlier what practical things could you actually do to have revelation in your hearts about the true nature of who God is do you recount the ways in which he is good to you you know do you kind of have a daily review (laughs) how has God been good to me today sounds a bit corporate sounds a bit bizarre but actually that might work for you do you write it down do you journal I love seeing on Instagram sometimes Lou's kind of crazy illustrative ways of just, of just how she's worked through the day in terms of you know, who God is and what he's talking to her about. Do you doodle? Who loves a good doodle? Not many hands. Okay. <laughs> Do you paint? Any, any artistic? Well, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I love it. <laughs> you do paint. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I remember years ago, um, and I may have even mentioned this before, but I remember hearing uh, that a friend of mine used to write down every good thing that happened in the week and bring it to church. Bring it to church. Almost their very own reservoir, not a coolant reservoir, but their very own reservoir of praise. Some are going to come in, they're going to walk through those doors and come in and actually be armed and ready, that I've got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah? It's just a really practical way of just being continually filled. The world can too easily rob us of the dependence we need to have in the Holy Spirit. Submit to one another. Build relationships with one another. Journey in this walk together. There's another thing that you can do practically. I remember years ago there was a song by Sonic Flood, great band, um, with a line, uh, it's a song that was written by someone else, in the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness you are there. Steve's nodding his head. Make the best use, and this is a challenge definitely as much for me as it is for you guys, make the best use of your time. What things do you do when no one is around? Are you gratifying the desires of the flesh? It says, look carefully then how you walk. To finish, um, it says in James 1 uh, verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those that love him. So, Go on being led. Go on being filled. 
Go on being dependent and go. Pretty much if you could sum it up in, in two words. To walk in the spirit is to persevere. It's to put your dependence. So persevere and go are my kind of two things that I'd kind of implore you to, to take away from this morning. Persevere and go.